You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, Episode 42, Felicia Day Interview. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're here with our interview segment for February, and it's an exciting one. Felicia Day is our subject today for a podcast that she's doing called Voyage to the Stars. But Dave, Felicia Day is one of these actors that we just wanted to talk to her about just about everything that she's done, especially since obviously we're big Joss Whedon fans. She's done a ton of that stuff, and she's just got a lot of innovative material out there. Yeah, I mean, if you ask five different people about Felicia Day, they each come up with a different show. I mean, for me, it would probably be Dollhouse. Right? Oh, away. really? <laughs> that's an interesting yeah. show. I mean, it's certainly the Guild. I mean, no question. But yeah, that's the first place I saw her. But then, of course, what sealed the deal for me, being a fan, is Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Blog, and we're certainly going to talk to her about all of those things in this interview that you're about to hear. But the latest project for Felicia Day is Voyage to the Stars, which, as we said, is a podcast, a science fiction comedy podcast that's improvisational in style, launching on February 12th, which is actually just one day after this podcast is releasing. So hopefully you can go right out there, download it, subscribe to it, and enjoy it like I am certain to do. But it also stars a couple other recognizable people. Among them are Colton Dunn, who you may know from Superstore or Key and Peel, and also Steve Berg from The Good Place and The Goldbergs, and also Janet Varney, who's one of the voice actors in Legend of Korra, but also was in Stan Against Evil. And this is kind of like a foursome cast, right, Dave? This is a very small cast that is playing off of each other as members of a starship crew, correct? Right. And they are planning to bring in guest stars now and then. But yeah, like you said, it's a core of four. Right. And I'll let Felicia tell you a little bit about the different characters that these actors play. But let's go ahead and dive right into it with our interview with Felicia Day. Well, we're here with Felicia Day, who people know from all sorts of projects, everything from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, all kinds of great stuff. But now she's here to talk to us about her latest project, Voyage to the Stars. Welcome to the podcast, Felicia. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, your latest project, as Michael said, Voyage to the Stars, which is set to launch February 12th, is being promoted as a sci-fi comedy podcast. But, you know, when, when we look at the entire package, it's a lot more ambitious than simply a podcast. So let's start, though, with the audio drama that takes place in space. I mean, what can we expect from this component of this? And I'm not sure if this is Michael's term, transmedia endeavor. <laughs> Yeah, I guess transmedia people used in like 2007 when I first started using making web series, and I think it's maybe making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a great project. The way I got involved in it is that the creator, Ryan Koppel, um, has been one of my friends since 2007. I uh, started making web series. I started uh, created a show called The Guild before people were really in that pool. Some people were, but not many. And I when I was making them, I believed so passionately in, you know, enabling independent creators to kind of make web series that I would always search for cool projects online that I thought were awesome. Um, and Ryan actually made a web series called Reese, which was a steampunk um, web series. So I reached out, just randomly emailed him one day. We became friends over the years. We saw each other. He moved to Los Angeles 
ended up running my production for my company, Geek and Sundry. And then he ran my uh, company for uh, a while before leaving to go to do his own creative stuff. So we have a long history together as friends and coworkers. And when he came to me with this idea of an improvised podcast, I thought it was, I didn't know how it was going to work, to be honest with you. But I knew that the characters he came up with were really funny. And I love the format of podcasting. It feels like a really fresh place to be telling stories now. And I just was so excited. And it ended up being so much more fun and funny than I even thought going in. Well, you know, you, you mentioned the improvisational aspect of it. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But could you tell us about some of your co-stars? Yeah, um, my co-stars are Colton Dunn. He's a comedian, improviser. He's on Superstore right now. You're going to probably recognize him from so many things. He is a really big geek, actually. He did a gaming show on Rooster Teeth for a while. He's a big gamer himself and just really, really, really super funny, uh, an amazing improviser. So um, he plays the sort of like overly confident but underly qualified captain. And uh, my character is Elsa Rankbert. She is the science officer of this spaceship. She is... Uh, she knows a lot, but isn't really um, focused enough to finish anything. So she's like got 15 half degrees, <laughs> but is kind of impatient <laughs> with everybody around her who doesn't know as much as she does. So she's a really fun, kind of ditzy, but really, really smart character. And I really love her. Um, Steve Berg plays the uh, sort of surly, negative downer of a mechanic on the ship. He is really funny. And uh, in a weird coincidence, I know Steve because he was an actor on Dr. Horrible Singalong blog. He was one of the groupies. And, and it's really funny that um, Brian just com- completely coincidentally went to grade school with Steve Berg. So that's how he got involved in the project. <laughs> and uh, the last main character is uh, played by Janet Varney. She plays Sari, the AI for the ship that we are on. And uh, Sari is, you know, she's an AI, but she doesn't quite know as much as she probably should because her memory banks have been wiped. So, you know, they're all in a quest to get home. But in the interim, they stop on planet after planet and kind of leave destruction in their wake, but in a really funny way. All right. Well, I have to ask, though, because it's improvisational, what does the script look like going in? What what bones do you start off with so that there's at least a skeleton for how that episode is going to go? Yeah. So Ryan did the bulk of the work, of course. Um, we get breakdowns of each episode in advance. We recorded about three or four a day. So it was a really intense three or four days oh, of, wow. <laughs> of recording episodes. Yeah, it was very intense for us as an actor. But as a writer, it took him you know, much longer to break down the story arcs. Um, there were 10 total episodes, story arc episodes, um, but they're going to be 17 different episodes in the podcast form, but 10 story episodes that we recorded. And you know, we, we went in knowing where we'd start the scene um, we'd know two or three pieces of information and maybe our attitude in the scene, and we'd know where we wanted to end up. So we'd have a beginning and an end and a couple of pieces of information that we're supposed to drop, and then we'd just go. So everything after that was off the cuff. There was no dialogue that was given to us to say, per se. We just made it all up along the way. And, you know, some of the things that came out during the improv became running gags throughout the episodes, which were completely <laughs> made up on the spot. And you know, I think it's a really fun, spontaneous way to do audio format. Um, sometimes podcasts, especially longer form ones, can be kind of slow and sort of plodding in their um, sort of pace. But this, everybody has like a joke they want to get in, and um, <laughs> we're riffing off each other, you know, in a way that we don't even know what's going to come out of our mouth. So we came up with some crazy stuff that turned into gold that we didn't even know we were going to say. And that's what I love about improv. 
Now, are you all in the same studio? Because, you know, obviously in 2019, it's not that difficult to record in different locations, but I assume you're all together. Yeah, you know, in, in order to do improv, you all have to be recording together, but you're right. Somebody could not be in the same um, room, but we were we were all in the same room, even our guest stars. And we have amazing guest stars, um, you know, from Tom Link to uh, Susie Nakamura, like some really, really, really funny people who came in and really mixed up the dynamic between us and uh, came up with some equally crazy stuff that you didn't know they were going to bring. Okay. Now, from some of the things you've said already in in this interview and the description on the website about the world that we're about to enter. I mean, there's like a Douglas Adams like touch that it's clearly science fiction, but there's a certain playfulness to the universe. And it occurred to me because, you know, is this a reaction to all the darkness that seems to pervade all these post-apocalyptic dystopian worlds that seems to be everywhere in science fiction today? I mean, yeah, we definitely spoof, and we're all kind of nerdy, so um, I mean, I can't say that we're chock full of references, but there's certainly a lot of references to um, earlier science fiction or fantasy sort of um, worlds and stuff, and uh, I know there was a riff on 80s tunes that somehow happened, even though this is set way far in the future, so the pop culture references are aplenty in this. But certainly the basis of it is uh, very farcical in nature. It's not like the Orville, which it's like an homage. It's definitely more of a spoof and a broader comedy. Now, uh, there's more to it, of course, than the sci-fi element. We know from the Guild that you're an avid gamer and your geekdom, of course, extends into comics as well. How will the game and the comic elements of this podcast, not to mention the merch and other aspects, be distributed such that they tie in with the podcast? Um, You know, I think that it's so funny because like when I first started the guild, you know, people were like, where is entertainment going? And I kind of had this idea, a sense that, you know, it's not about, and I think I said this probably in really old interviews and I kind of feel like I'm right, but um, it's not about the piece of content and what format it's in. It's really about the world building. So if you have a really strong world, it doesn't matter what you do with those characters in the world, you're going to be able to build out something really interesting. So I know that Ryan has plans to do comic books based on these characters and he's a big gamer too. So I know they're pursuing areas of that. So they're looking at this as sort of like, you know, it is an audio podcast and it's starting as an audio podcast, but who, who knows where it could go from here. But it's really about kind of dedicating yourself to this set of characters in this world and really following the format and doing fun, playful things. Cause really everything is sort of equal to our attention now. Like I, Sometimes I play a video game. Sometimes I read a book. Sometimes I read a comic book. Sometimes I watch a TV show. And to sort of have characters you love, it doesn't really matter what, where you're consuming them. You just want to follow them. And I think that's kind of the rationale behind building out this uh, this world. So I'm excited to see how people respond. And I'm sure the response of the audience is going to inform what they do going forward with the story and stuff. So that's even more exciting. I mean, is there any discussion to even explore animation if everything goes well? You know, I'm not a producer on it, but I'm sure that if there was an opportunity, that would be so super cool. There's a lot of podcasts being turned into television shows nowadays. So who knows? Um, You know, we're just focused on making the funniest product now. And so really, the podcast is the start of something that could just be a podcast, but it could be so much more, too. And we'll be right back with our interview with Felicia Day, but we're going to take this quick break. And then we'll come back and ask her about some of the other roles that she's known for besides this podcast. 
catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. All right, well, obviously a lot of our fans know you from Dr. Horrible, Dollhouse, The Guild, as you've mentioned, the juggernaut that is supernatural. But in addition to Voice of the Stars, you do a ton of voice work. So how did you become involved in in that and any favorite voices that you've done? You know, I got involved in voice acting because of my reputation, I think. I mean, I didn't really pursue it, but I got opportunities to do voices in video games when I was really in the gaming space. I'm no longer in the gaming space in that sort of way, so I don't do as many uh, video games, although I've done a couple of uh, small things here and there. Hopefully, I'll do more going forward, but I transitioned that into really taking voiceover more seriously. I took classes, and through happenstance and auditioning, I got a couple of voices, and that kind of led to uh, a couple more, and now, you know, I've been on many, many cartoons. I started out with, like, Annoying Orange. I was on... um, you know, fish hooks for a while. I was on, I'm on Stretch Armstrong and um, Skylanders Academy. I play Cinder. Um, I did a great episode of My Little Pony um, where I was, uh, I played Apple, Applejack's mom and William <laughs> Shatner was on that episode. I got to sing a song and it was so much fun. And I uh, have a couple of other jobs I'm doing now that I can't talk about that will be out, you know, later this year or next year. So um, it really is, awesome you know always auditioning and always hoping to get another job because not only is it it's just a very freeing format you're acting just like you would on camera but you don't have to look like you look in person and um as a quirky girl you know hollywood only has so many doors to open and i generally make my own stuff so having voiceover be a thing where i can just plug myself in and go is very exciting well yeah and it's funny because if you ever get to watch voice actors work and and, you know there are some documentaries just as you said it's really acting that i think some people might not consider whether it's the hand motions the the facial expressions that obviously we don't see on an audio format absolutely you know i mean uh you really have to act with your voice like you have to close your eyes and um i think a lot you know film is a visual medium podcasting and uh, voiceover is an audio medium, and you have to know how to accentuate those things when you're um, doing it. So it's a great challenge, and it's good to stretch and learn, and, and I'm always looking to do something different. So, um, yeah. And I guess Janet Varney is in that arena as well with Legend of Korra. So Absolutely. <laughs> it all ties in nicely with podcasting. She's definitely a pioneer in the podcast. I have, You know, honestly, I regret not getting, um, I was told to do podcasts early on. You know, we had a companion podcast to the guild before any like after show special happened. Kenny Mitlinder actually did a fan podcast from the set of the guild and did recaps of every episode uh, before, you know, all that after show stuff happened. And when people would urge me to do a podcast, I looked around and I said, well, too many people are doing podcasts. I don't need to do podcasts. (laughs) I feel like it's already a saturated market. And now it's like sort of the second coming of podcasts, which is really interesting. And I started my own personal podcast called Felicitations, but, you know, I'm not building it into some powerhouse. I just do it for fun as a hobby. 
But um, it's so interesting to see how podcasting has taken over web series when web series kind of disappeared because they were just, you know, not economically viable. So it's really interesting. And I think it's where a lot of innovation is happening right now. Well, that was a brilliant segue into my next question because I was just about to ask you about beta, as you call your episodes in Felicitations. Uh, It's kind of like a personal vlog, except without the V part for video. And it's kind of something that you've done in the video format before. So why did you end up doing that one as a podcast in particular, as opposed to a YouTube video, let's say? You know, I uh, I had a baby and I didn't have the bandwidth and I left my company Geek and Sundry, which was really hard, but I really had to just kind of focus on what I wanted to do. And adding a baby to the mix made me have to cut off a lot of things that were really fun, but maybe um, just too much to handle at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and I missed, but I missed making videos and, um, I, I really didn't have assistance or anybody to help me anymore. And the, the only thing I could think of was to keep in touch with the fans other than sort of doing video game streaming, which I do weekly. And I have a, um, a discord channel where I chat with fans and people can congregate there, which is really what I love now. It's kind of where my heart lies in my online community. But, um, so doing a podcast felt like the one thing I could give my fans to kind of keep everything together and share. And unfortunately I don't have the bandwidth and I don't have a network to help, you know, sort of boost me. So I just do it from my um, back garage once a week or once every other week at this point and uh, share what's going on in my life. And uh, it's really fun for me. I kind of, you know, people were like, start a podcast, start a podcast. And I had all these formats that I was thinking about doing. And I was just like, I'm just going to do one and see what happens because I was kind of afraid to jump into something that would take up too much time. So it's really a hobby. It's really fun, but if you know me as a personality and you like me, um, you can send in questions and I answer them. And yeah, you're right. It's sort of a stream of conscious uh, vlog in a sense. And it's it's the thing that fits me as a personality. It might never, ever get millions of downloads, but it's what <laughs> I do to communicate with my fans and that's all that counts. Well, yeah, it's a lot of fun and it's hard to do a single host podcast. Dave and I can attest to that. It's not easy to do it without someone to bounce stuff off of. So I, I enjoyed it. Well, I, I just appreciate people sending questions in because other than that, it's just me talking about um, <laughs> mo- mostly how tired I am. <laughs> at, least for, <laughs> at least last year, there was a lot of updates about how tired I was, but I was having insomnia and depression and all this sort of stuff. So I'm much better now. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go a little further back in your past because I, I don't remember if I read it in an interview or if I heard it uh, in an interview, but you double majored in mathematics and music performance with the violin. And I assume math was supposed to be the fallback in case the music career didn't work out. But what were, what were your aspirations at that time? You know, I, I always wanted to be an actor. I always just wanted to be in Hollywood. I love doing theater and um, I'm glad that I didn't major in it necessarily, but um, violin was something I did love and I got a full scholarship for it. And it was kind of something that I played with doing for the rest of my life. I was in Austin symphony. I did a lot of gigs around town. I could have made a a fine living in Austin as a violinist, but um, I always knew I wanted to go to Hollywood. And my dad was like, you need to have a real career, a real degree. So that's why I ended up getting the math degree because I enjoyed math a lot. And that was kind of what I was uh, encouraged to do by my parents. So I don't know if I had to do it over again, I probably would do a writing degree or a history degree or something, but math training was good for my brain and it probably helped me um, do what I do now. So you never know what path that life will take you. You just have to follow things that you're enthusiastic about and just gather knowledge along the way. And somehow one day your body and your mind will make something of it. 
Well, I, I have to then go to the Instagram site for the, uh, I guess this is for the, for the uh, podcast, where, and Elsa, where she's talking about collecting information, take it home, and impress my parents. Uh, yeah, I think that when Ryan Koppel created the character for me, he definitely took some from my real life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, VTTS official, if you're thinking of following Twitter and Instagram for this show. That's definitely worth a look. And I'm sure it will start getting very busy as the podcast starts going off. But Absolutely. we got 17 episodes. Yeah, 17 episodes coming. So I'm excited. Now, one of the things that I really enjoyed you in recently, uh, I've been watching and enjoying The Magicians from the very start. And I really enjoyed your character and, and wish uh, Poppy had lasted a little bit longer in the show. Uh, can, <laughs> can you tell us how that all came about? Are you friends with Sarah Gamble or or did you just go through a traditional audition process for that? Um, no, Sarah Gamble, um, I, I was doing something with Sci-Fi Channel, and um, I, I said offhandedly in the meeting I would love to have anything to do with magicians, and Sarah Gamble actually was the showrunner of Supernatural when Charlie oh, right, right. was created. She actually got me cast. So I, Sarah Gamble I owe more to than any other showrunner, almost, well, not, I don't owe her more than Joss Whedon. <laughs> I owe I everything say. to Joss Whedon. <laughs> I owe everything in my career to Joss Whedon and second, Sarah Gamble. So yes, yes. you can only be so lucky that two amazing creators would um, favor what you do, especially when you're kind of a person who doesn't fit the standard mold. So um, I'm excited. I would love to revisit Poppy as a character. I can't say if I'm back this season, but I would stay tuned because who knows? Uh, Poppy is a major character and we don't know what happened to her. So that's right. I would not, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Now, you tweeted recently that you had decided to audition for a bunch of pilots the upcoming season. I mean, is there anything you can tell us that won't void any NDAs that you may or may not have signed? (laughs) No, you know, I can't. I can just tell you that it's grueling and terrible. And you go into a room where there's a bunch of nervous people and some of them are famous and some of them aren't. And you never know how you're going to do. And, the, you know, you'll get three in a day and you'll just barely hang on to the dialogue. I got one last week where I had, I'm not kidding, 30 minutes to prepare six pages of material. And you walk out thinking, oh, I didn't do a very good job. And then you just have to move on. You know, it's it's uh, it's brutal. And I've done it for, I don't know, like ever since Buffy. So like 13, 14 years now I've been doing pilot season and I've never, I've only once gotten a pilot and that was back in 2004, I've tested for many, many of them, been second and third choice. And um, you just have to know that there's thousands of people for every role. And often it just goes to a famous person. And if it doesn't, it goes to somebody else. And it's not, you know, an insult that you don't get it. It just wasn't you. And you just have to keep making your own stuff because um, the chances are slim that you get a pilot. And it's just hard. It's really tough as an artist to get kind of turned down over and over. But you just got to know that having been on the other side, been a producer, it's not really personal. It's just about what you're looking for in that moment and just showing up and being prepared when the moment happens that you're right. Well, uh, let me just end up because you brought Joss up and take you back to dollhouse just for a minute. And you know, your character mag in in dollhouse in, in the two epitaph episodes, I mean, you're carrying a gun, which is so unlike any characters that you really play, at least that I've seen. I mean, was that weird or? Oh, you know, I carried a gun on Supernatural and I did this movie called Red Werewolf Hunter where I carried a gun. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> yes, I've carried guns before, but, uh, you know, my I'm from Texas and my, uh, you know, I was taught 
how to use a gun. My dad was in the military, so I had a, a sort of a gun education early in my life. It certainly, um, Mag, I think, was a little more badass than my average character. I loved her so much. I kind of wish they used her a little bit more. I think Joss did, too. So, uh, you know, it was a great world, I think, that apocalypse world. And, um, you know, she was a great character. I would have loved to have been in her shoes a little bit more. If you read the comics, she kind of comes back a lot more, oh, cool. um, which is really awesome. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, you always worry as an actor, you look stupid with a gun. So I always go up to, like, the stunt person or, like, the firearms handler. I'd be like, hey, am I holding this right? Um, <laughs> and the hardest thing to do is not to flinch when you shoot a fake gun. So there's a couple of scenes I have in my past where I'm like, oh, you flinched. You look, it looks terrible. But I guess I would flinch probably when a real gun went off, too. So there you go. <laughs> Well, we're really looking forward to Voyage to the Stars. I, I'm, it's Sci-fi comedy is one of those things that I was very skeptical about when it first started coming on the scene. And as more and more shows like Future Man and, and The Orville come about, it's, it's really exciting to see this subgenre come to be. And, and I know that Voyage to the Stars is going to be a big part of that. So thanks so much for talking to us about the podcast. Thank you, guys. All right. And that was so much fun. I really enjoyed not only talking about the podcast, but the entire career practically of Felicia Day. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like that she reminds us what a difficult profession acting really is. That's right. And you've got to make choices. And I think what's kind of interesting, and she kind of hinted at it, is that Voyage to the Stars could be one of those things that is pitchable now as a TV show. Right. And once, once it's a podcast. So... A lot of podcasts are becoming TV shows now, but for now we've got the 17 half hour episodes that are coming weekly, wherever you get your podcasts. And you also want to go ahead and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. It's at VTTS official, or you can go to voyage to the stars.net to learn a little bit more about this podcast. All right. So what's up next on the podcast, Mike? So next week, we've got a discussion of the mind-bending comedy Russian Doll on Netflix, which is one that kind of snuck in there on us. It premiered on February 1st, and it just took me by storm. I just got hooked hard. And I think the general response out there has been that this is one of those shows that kind of defies categorization. It's a comedy, but it's mind-bending, and it's got a Groundhog Day formula in which the main character kind of dies and then shows up at the beginning of her birthday party over and over again. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about this one next week, a little bit off our beaten path. Yeah. And there's a lot of buzz about it. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, this one might be a little bit spoilery just so you know, because the ending is just explodes your brain. So <laughs> definitely want to watch that in its entirety before downloading the podcast, but that's going to be it for this episode of sci-fi fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US. And we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity. And in the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you access it. And be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics on social media or via email at Sci-Fi Fidelity at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.